Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, and then we'll dive into college basketball. FSU over UNC in Tallahassee last night. Tar Heel fans have questions and comments. Duke at Boston College tonight. And the Devils, of course, visit the Heels in Chapel Hill on Saturday. You can chime in with your question or comment on college hoops. NC State, of course, lingers on the bubble. Crushed by Louisville this weekend. Crushed in a different way, perhaps their hearts, by the Tar Heels at PNC Arena last week as well. Lavelle Moten and NC Central got a big victory last night. I expect the Blue Devils to continue their role tonight at Boston College. The Canes are at St. Louis to take on last year's Stanley Cup champion Blues. The NBA has its trade deadline on Thursday, and we have an NFL leftover question of the day for you. It's really for sports fans more generally as I dive in to some of these other things and also offer an update on what do you watch most closely now that America's most popular sport, the NFL, has completed its season. The Super Bowl is passed. Are you one of those who says that the NFL offseason is actually your new number one? Darren, you know that if, if we hosted this show in certain markets across the United States, we would be asked every day to talk about some quarterback's contract situation or some quarterback's retirement decision, like every day. As we're getting closer to March Madness, as we have the Masters and other great golf not too far away, as baseball guys are going to be reporting for spring training, as the NBA and the NHL, I happen to like both, but most like one or the other, as they're well into the second halves of their regular seasons and the playoffs are not too, too far away. Some say the NFL offseason is number one on their list as a sports fan now that actual NFL games are over. Now, you, we have guests on the NFL draft we have guests when the Panthers make a trade or have a free agent signing or whatever I like the NFL offseason I don't think I'll ever be a person as a fan or as a just somebody employed in the industry I don't think I'll ever get to the point where non-games even in my favorite sports are more important to me or worthy of exploration than the actual games in other sports that we care about like, you and I could talk about Christian McCaffrey's contract situation every day. Yeah. We or, could talk or speculate about, who the Panthers might take in the NFL draft or, because they have And, and we'll picks. do some of that, yeah. you know, when the late April draft gets closer. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there are markets that would require us to do that for three straight months. Like, the Cam Newton questions to answer will not change between now and March. It just won't. The Tom Brady question is not going to change between now and March. But if we were in Boston or if we were local only in Charlotte, North Carolina, some of those program directors say, you guys got to discuss this every day, man. I'm telling you, I'm heading straight to the beach house if that day ever happens. I'm just dropping the mic and walking away never to be seen again because games are more fun. And that other stuff, yes, we bring to the front burner from time to time. The answers from you, our statewide listening audience, number one, college basketball. I would have bet on that. Again, with the season now over in America's most popular sport, what will you care about most in the sports world? Number one, college basketball. Number two is the NBA. And it's hard to add these up, but candidates for number three include hockey, golf, baseball. Yes, the NFL offseason. What will the XFL look like has some curious. Remember that Vince McMahon League returns. 
reboot this coming weekend. A little boxing, a little MMA, a little bit on a lot of other things. You can jump in on that at 1-800-849-2761. Patrick Mahomes' I'm going to Disney World and follow through on that promise raised this question of the day. What do you think of as the most successful, most well-known marketing campaign connected to the sports world? Nike, Gatorade, Disney World, Winston Cup, Wrigley Field, Wheaties, etc. Some of the better answers so far. As we come back to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. And Darren, you and I were thinking of different athletes when it comes to that particular brand of soup. But they are omnipresent in the sports marketing world as well. Who made the most appearances on the Wheaties box? This guy's name has popped up in three of the greatest sports marketing campaigns discussed in the first hour of our show. He's the greatest in the history of basketball, and he's the greatest in the history of sports marketing. To understand the Nike story fully, you must understand Michael Jordan's place in it. To understand the Gatorade story fully, you must understand Michael Jordan's place in it. And guess who was on the most Wheaties box covers ever? Same dude, Michael Jordan, from Laney High School in Wilmington, North Carolina, through Chapel Hill under Dean Smith, on to the Chicago Bulls and Team USA, and nowadays, of course, the majority owner of your Charlotte Hornets in the NBA. Michael Jordan was on 18 Wheaties box covers that is the most ever, although, as I mentioned earlier, yes, Russell Wilson, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, and a lot of others from our backyard have also had Wheaties boxes of their own. Very first Wheaties box sports figure, I would have not guessed this because it's so far before I was born. Lou Gehrig of the legendary New York Yankees in the 1930s. Okay, my head was going 20s or 30s baseball player. Was, but I, I don't know that Gehrig would have been you the go. first to come So by. you knew the Wheaties made a splash that far ago? Oh, I mean, that was going to be my guess. 1934, Lou Gehrig. Did you know this, smart guy? At the beginning, and for year, for decades, the athlete featured on a Wheaties box was either on the side or on the back of the box. Ooh, not the front How about of that the box. One? How huh? about that one, smart guy? You didn't know that, <laughs> did you? It was, it was not until the late 1950s, still for the record long before I was born, that the first athlete was depicted on the front of the Wheaties box. Seems like that would defeat the marketing purpose, putting yeah, it on the right. Why would you hide it on the side or the back? I don't know. They figured it out by the 1950s. 25 years into this experiment, they finally wised up. And, you know, there are all sorts of other thresholds. But Michael, 18 total depictions on Wheaties boxes. There were the first team ever on a Wheaties box thresholds. That was passed in the 1980s. It is, of course, another answer to our question of the day. What do you think of as the most successful, well-known sports marketing connection of all? Hal is in Asheville. Gary is in Wilson. You can join us at 1-800-849-2761. I was thinking Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants and Charles Barkley, formerly of my Philadelphia 76ers, on the, the uh, Campbell's Chunky Soup. Yeah. What's the old, what is the saying there? It's a meal. Soup makes a meal? Soup is a meal? <laughs> I don't I, don't I was referring to Reggie White. You were thinking of Reggie White. his mother used to be on the ads, and it was always, Reggie, did you eat your chunky soup? That, that kind of thing. Saquon Barkley is the latest athlete to get a lot of mileage out of that, with his mom, I believe, also appearing in the commercial. Hal is in Asheville, and next on the David Glenn Show, 
Gary is in Wilson. You can join us from the mountains or the beach or everywhere you'd want to live in between. Seth Greenberg on college basketball in about 20 minutes. Michael Lee on the NBA in about 90 minutes. You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. What's going on, Hal? Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Oh, yeah. I was bringing up the uh, Budweiser commercials. The Clydesdales are synonymous with sports and football and practically you can't watch a sports show without watching Budweiser. This is true. And you, did you know that there was a like a big transaction where somebody bought Anheuser-Busch? I forget the, all the details. But the the new parent company was in Europe. And they knew, of course, as we all do, about the Budweiser Clydesdales. It's not just a sports marketing campaign, but it's definitely become central to a lot of Super Bowl commercials and other things. Would you believe that when the new parent company bought Anheuser-Busch, they were ready to discard, like, why are you associating horses with beer? They were ready to discard the Clydesdales. I mean, unplugging, I think that's like almost 100 years of Budweiser and great-looking horses and Clydesdales and Super Bowl commercials and other sports tie-ins. And it took the Americans from Anheuser-Busch to say, uh, you, you guys are missing something in the international translation. Like, people like the Clydesdales. People think of Budweiser and the Clydesdales. It's a good thing. We've been building it for, I think it's almost a century. And at one point, I remember looking into this. Hal, you may be old enough to remember. Did you know that the Clydesdales, and I'm just kidding, he can't be this old. Did you know that the Clydesdales were originally adopted by Budweiser to celebrate the repeal of prohibition in our country. I mean, if you're a beer company and alcohol sales are not allowed, that's more than a little problem. I think if you're the CEO, that makes your desk that day. Uh, yeah, our country has decided to make alcohol illegal. That's not a small bump in the road if you're Anheuser-Busch or whatever it was called at the time. 1933... And, Darren, you and I would have been celebrating with backflips that day. I'm glad I wasn't alive for that atrocity, that abomination. How un-American does it get for crying out loud? We're grown adults. We're not allowed to buy a beer because you don't think so? Holy cow, don't ever let me go into that church. 1933, prohibition is repealed. And I don't know the source of why and how. You're not old enough to remember that, man. That's like, like what? 80-some years ago? Did you? Uh, did not you? quite there, but uh, <laughs> I, on another talk show, I heard this lady uh, mention the fact that the Clydesdales weren't in the Super Bowl this year. That's true. You are correct about that, but they have been a staple for decades. I, d I don't remember uh, a Budweiser commercial this year. Maybe, yeah, I don't think they had one. Thanks for calling because you just planted a great seed there, perhaps uh, unintentionally. So it's 1933. And August Bush Jr. presents the horses to his dad, August Bush Sr., as a gift to celebrate the repeal of Prohibition. Now we're allowed to drink again legally, right? We had been doing so in alleys on the black market and otherwise. But if you're Anheuser-Busch, you know, it becoming legal again was not a small thing. They actually traveled around the country with their beer wagon. Now, I'm assuming they did not exhaust the, tar the, uh, the Clydesdales by forcing them to take them all the way from here to there in every case. I hope they were transported from one city to another. But they actually, to celebrate the repeal of Prohibition in 1933, they 
carried the first case of post-prohibition beer from their St. Louis brewery to some officials in St. Louis. And then they went to New York City. And there was a guy named Al Smith. He was the former governor of New York and a huge force, you know, on the right side of things, clearly, the repeal of prohibition. And Big Al was beloved, I imagine. I mean, the next time we have a beer, Darren, can we raise a glass to Al Smith? To Al Smith, yeah. Former for sure. New York governor who helped repeal prohibition. I mean, he's been long gone, but we should celebrate his memory forever. After the St. Louis Clydesdale-led presentation, that you got to thank Al. They went all the way to New York, thanked the former governor in person, and then they delivered a case of beer, seriously, with the Clydesdales to President Fl Franklin Delano Roosevelt at the White House back in 1933, man. I'm telling you, I love hosting a sports radio show for a lot of different reasons, Darren. I mean, we get paid to write and talk about sports for a living. God bless America. It's not every day we get to talk about the repeal of prohibition in a way that relates to our sports question of the day. I'm just giggly. I'm just warm and fuzzy inside because Hal in Asheville inspired that stroll down Amnesia Lane. 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to more of your calls on the other side. We'll get to Seth Greenberg on College Hoops in about 15 minutes. Besides Duke seeking a number one seed again in the NCAA tournament as the Devils visit Boston College tonight, what else is worth watching? in our state and in our neighborhood as we inch toward March Madness. Well, there may be more potential success stories than you think. More on college basketball with Seth Greenberg later. My thoughts, your questions and comments about the Tar Heels, the Wolfpack, and the Blue Devils on the other side. Michael Lee on the NBA. The trade deadline is Thursday, and some big names may be on the move. 1-800-849-2761. If you'd like in on the I'm going to Disney World question of the day, you can chime in at 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on The David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on The David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. All of these companies thank you, our listeners, and Darren, Will, and me, for bringing up the question of the day. Nike, Gatorade, Disney, Winston, Wrigley, Wheaties, Budweiser, Campbell Soup, a couple of different insurance companies. Yes, they all got some free love today because of our question of the day. I'm going to Disney World, said Phil Simms in 1987. I'm going to Disney World, said Patrick Mahomes here in 2020. That did inspire the what do you think of as the most successful, well-known marketing connection to the sports world. Michael Jordan, again, a superstar in several of those campaigns. If you have any lingering leftovers, you can chime in on that one. We have college basketball and other things on our mind as well. Seth Greenberg, formerly of Long Beach State, formerly of South Florida, formerly of Virginia Tech, as a head basketball coach at the college level, now, of course, an analyst for ESPN. Duke and Carolina play each other on Saturday. College game day 
with Seth Greenberg, Reese Davis, Jay Billis, and LaFonso Ellis. We'll be here in Chapel Hill. Seth Greenberg joins us by phone in about 10 minutes. Michael Lee later on the NBA as that league is two days away from its annual trade deadline. Which of the contenders will upgrade? Will the Charlotte Hornets, among many others, be big sellers at the trade deadline? Marvin Williams, the beloved Hornets veteran forward, is among those perhaps most likely to be on the move here in our backyard. Those guests later, more of your calls now. And one thing I promised, besides Duke visiting Boston College tonight as they try to continue their outstanding play of late, which besides Duke, which is chasing a number one NCAA tournament seed, as they often do under Mike Krzyzewski, who else matters? To me, the list still continues with NC State. I know Wolfpack fans are down. I understand why you're down. I respect why you're down. And even much of your criticism is fair-minded criticism. This team has enough to make the NCAA tournament, and they have not played up to that potential lately. Now, they still have a resume that puts them right near the bubble, and there are about 10 teams in the ACC that wish they could say that. So as down as you are right now, remember that things can change on a dime. Just one win. How about Miami next? The Hurricanes, the next opponent for the Wolfpack. Just win that one, and you have bigger opponents ahead. You still have Florida State and Duke at PNC Arena in Raleigh. I know that sounds like, you know, an, an unovercomable task, given what just happened against Louisville, 20-point loss, even given the year the Tar Heels were most vulnerable, they still beat the pack at PNC Arena. I understand the psychology of it. I understand the lack of confidence, but you'd still rather be in the Wolfpack shoes than about 10 ACC teams. All things are relative, and one more big win gets you right back to the right side of the bubble as we're more than a month from Selection Sunday. But as Duke chases the number one seed, as NC State lingers wherever near the bubble, as Carolina lost again last night to number eight Florida State, that one was a great effort by the Tar Heels. They led much of the game. They were just overcome in the second half by a Florida State team that has more depth, that won its 19th straight home game, that is 60-3 and in Tallahassee over the last four seasons. Cole Anthony showed his talent, but Roy Williams has some chemistry issues to figure out. And I don't necessarily mean everybody's out for himself. I mean the pieces of the puzzle are not fitting together appropriately. In other words, when Cole Anthony was out, Garrison Brooks on a bad team that had a losing record looked like an all-ACC player, looked like a double-double machine in points and rebounds. He was efficient from the field. He was efficient on the boards. He even more often than not was making his free throws. Somehow, some way. Garrison Brooks has lost his game around the same time Cole Anthony comes back from six weeks or so after out with his knee surgery. Garrison Brooks against a tall, athletic Florida State team goes from, you know, 18 and 12 points and rebounds in a lot of games lately, five points and four boards. Armando Baycott, the freshman center, you would think a really good point guard can get the ball to the big guys in places they like more ain't happening right now. Armando Baycott, who in Cole Anthony's absence was either the Tar Heels' second or third best player. Brooks was the best. Brandon Robinson, when healthy, was the second best, I guess you could say. He was in a suit last night recovering from his most recent injury, and he's had a lot of those. Roy Williams, again, is losing more man games to injury this year with these Tar Heels 
than he has in his entire UNC career. I haven't seen if those numbers go all the way back to his time at Kansas as well. But the injury bug has bitten a lot of programs, not just the Tar Heels. Something's not right when Cole Anthony is shooting less than 25% from the field. Five out of 22, folks, is flat-out embarrassing. Now, he still leads the team with 16 points. He still showed you why the NBA loves him, his quickness, his ball-hawking ability on defense, his ability to create at the end of the shot clock. He needs to get better at doing that for others. But if you need a bucket, Cole Anthony can get one even against the FSU defense at times. Some long threes, some shake-and-bake drives to the basket. But Cole Anthony shooting five for 22 doesn't do anybody any good. And somehow, someway, Brooks and Baycott, your big guys, going from double-doubles on many nights. I think they both had a double-double in the Tar Heels' most recent game uh, prior to Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony shooting that way, the big guys disappearing that way, despite some, I thought, steps forward for guys like Leaky Black and Christian Keeling, those guys have looked in over their head for most of this season. They actually went to a difficult place to play against a really athletic defense and well-coached defense under Leonard Hamilton. Leaky Black and Christian Keeling, maybe for the first time this season together, looked like ACC caliber guards in the same game. Now, you're more than 20 games into your season, and you can say that for the first time about two guys who are playing a lot for you on the perimeter. That's not a good sign. How do you overcome that chemistry barrier, whatever it is? Roy Williams, in the practice setting, got the Tar Heels to go from brutally bad to mediocre without Cole Anthony. So he, was, he had the same nucleus of guys in practice almost every day, with the asterisk being the guys out with injuries. They did get better. And now Cole Anthony's only been back for two games. Assumedly, with this group getting to practice together under one of the greatest of all time, Roy Williams, assumedly, this group will get better as well. They weren't bad at Florida State last night. They led the number eight team in the country for the majority of the game. I think the FSU depth overcame them. Tar Heels looked really tired late in that game. And Cole Anthony is not clicking with those teammates, even as the obvious NBA talent that he is. So if the Devils are chasing the number one seed, the Wolfpack's on the bubble, and the Heels go into that Duke game this coming Saturday with the worst record in the ACC. Who else is there? Well, short, short answer, North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central may be the two best teams in the MEAC. Got to win that league and its automatic bid at the conference tournament to get into the big dance. Lavelle Moten has done that for the last six years with the NC Central Eagles. He has a chance to do it again. They beat, the Eagles did, last night, Norfolk State, which has been leading the MEAC for much of this season. In Durham, great crowd, huge comeback. The Eagles were down 15 in the second half. Lavelle Moat is a heck of a coach. He has some really good players, including Jabri Blunt and last night C.J. Kaiser. They came back from 15 down against the former league leader, uh, Norfolk State, and they won by six. Lavelle Moten and, by the way, UNC football coach Mac Brown among our guests on tomorrow's show. So maybe one of them wins the MEAC. And don't forget, Wes Miller and the UNCG Spartans, they're not the only great team in the Southern Conference. Furman and East Tennessee State are also really good. Shout out to Mark Prosser, son of Skip, 
and Western Carolina. The Catamounts are relevant for the first time in quite a while in the SOCON as well. But Isaiah Miller of UNCG, Mason Faulkner of Western, they're two of the best players in the SOCON, and I think the Spartans have a legitimate chance of winning that league. Again, you probably have to get the automatic bid or you're not going to get to the bigger dance. UNCG has been there under Wes Miller. Lavelle Moten has taken the Eagles there four times. Those are the best chances for the non-ACC teams, even as Charlotte's 49ers are relevant again in Conference USA under their second-year coach, Ron Sanchez. I've liked what Dustin Kearns has done at App State. The Mountaineers are competitive in basketball, finally in the Sun Belt Conference under their new head coach. I mentioned Coach, coach Prosser at Western. There are a half a dozen good stories developing. I don't know how many will join Duke from our state in the NCAA tournament. It's going to be a lower number than usual, but those are among the best candidates to make that happen. Seth Greenberg is coming to Chapel Hill Saturday with Jay Billis and company. He joins us next on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Blue You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking into the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Show Michael Lee is the senior NBA writer for TheAthletic.com. The NBA trade deadline is two days away. Can the Clippers or the Lakers or the Rockets or the Bucks or the Sixers or the Celtics or the Raptors or whoever you think is in the mix for this year's NBA title, can they upgrade at the deadline between now and then? Will the Hornets trade popular veteran forward Marvin Williams, formerly of UNC, because he is one of their only, as the guys like to say, movable assets. More on the NBA with Michael Lee in about 60 minutes. Gary and Wilson wants in on the question of the day, as do others. Seth Greenberg of ESPN and College Game Day is about to drop by on some college basketball. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Duke and Carolina go head-to-head -head in Chapel Hill on Saturday. Reese Davis, Jay Billis, LaFonso Ellis, and our guest soon, Seth Greenberg, will be a big part of that party. Of course, he's a former ACC Coach of the Year, given his time with the Virginia Tech Hokies in Blacksburg. Seth Greenberg on all things college basketball. Your phone calls before and after and in between our guests if you dial 1-800-849-2761. We'll get to Seth shortly. We'll get to Gary and Wilson now. Gary, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Yes, thank you, DG. Uh, on the marketing question, I will take us back in time a bit. A few decades earlier, Miller Brewing Company yes. came out with a campaign to advertise light beer uh, and make sure it was seen as a very manly beverage. Yes. So they employed uh, recently retired NFL players, no quarterbacks or wide receivers, but linebackers, linemen, and running backs who would debate the reasons they drank Miller White beer. One guy would tout it as being less filling the other uh nfl player would say it tastes great yes 
they had some great personalities match up in that game. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I remember Billy Martin and sports writer Frank DeFord were, were in one commercial together. Bob Euchre. Uh, in one of the originals way back when. Tastes great, less filling. This year's Super Bowl had like the competing athlete beer market uh, way back when, when Gary and I were younger. They had the who can sell the most light beer, and Miller Light made big use of the sports world. We're going to go to coach now. Seth Greenberg is the former head hokey, of course. One of the best coaches in the history of several universities, I think you could make a good argument. Nowadays, he is a college basketball analyst for ESPN. He and Reese Davis and Jay Billis and LaFonzo Ellis are coming here to Chapel Hill for part one this year of the Duke Carolina basketball rivalry. Coach Greenberg, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing any better. I couldn't stand it. How you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing great as well. It's always fun to have you back on our show. I saw you tweet before we dive into the basketball. You're a sports fan way beyond hoops. That Patrick Mahomes, the I'm going to Disney World Super Bowl MVP, reminded you, a baseball fan, of the legendary Yankees shortstop and now Hall of Famer Derek Jeter. What brought those two together in your mind? Uh, their leadership, the manner in which they carry themselves, how they embrace the moment, how they embrace their teammates, how they lead, uh, their poise under pressure, uh, how they capture the moment. I mean, you know, that's about as high a compliment as you can give any athlete yeah. to me to compare to Cheater. I mean, he just, he always did the right thing. And uh, Mahomes, just you listen to his interviews, and then you see his relationship with Andy Reid which I think is really special. Yeah. There are so many pictures of Mahomes would read and the way he's looking at his head coach. Uh, and, and, and they can look at each other in terms of you appreciate that they know they have something special. And, I, you know, as a young player, I think he appreciates and looks up to what Andy Reid has helped him kind of you know, fulfill his, his potential and his dreams. Coach, the Chiefs became the first team in a Super Bowl ever to score 21 points in the fourth quarter. And, of course, they did it against a dominating 49ers defense. When you think of that quality you just described in Patrick Mahomes, and so many of his teammates said one reason we didn't panic is that we knew we had that guy on our side. Can you coach that kind of leadership as a lifelong college basketball guy, or do they have to show up on your campus with most of those qualities already in place? I think it's got to be who that person is, and then they ha you have to continue to develop that. I mean, trust is earned. And leadership, you know, you don't, you don't put a title on a guy as captain or whatever, and all of a sudden people are going to follow him. It's how they carry themselves. And, you know, obviously, you know, in college, you would hope that you look at a, a player and say, you know, he's got these qualities that would make a good leader. But, you know, you can say that, and then people can get caught up in the moment. They can get caught up in the environment. They can get caught up in, you know, the notoriety. But, you know, it's interesting. You know, I read a story the other day. Mahomes was at a restaurant in Kansas City, and people were really respectful at this time with his girlfriend and himself and having dinner. And uh, when before he left, he literally turned around to the people and thanked them for, you know, being respectful. And then on top of that, without them knowing it, he also paid for everyone in the restaurant's dinner. Wow. And that's just a little thing, but it's reflective of, he's very aware of his surroundings and he treats people uh, with respect and he appreciates, you know, that in return. 
but he also empowers people. He has the ability to tell a guy when they're down 21 points or 10 points or whatever, hey, let's go. Let's get after this thing. Let's let it rip. You know, you know, we can do this. So, you know, let's keep grinding. Let's stay in the moment. And guys will believe him. And some guys can say it, no one will believe him. The special ones that people really believe and trust and, yeah. and respect, those are the guys that, that the players will respond to, and that's exactly what that team did. Seth Greenberg is joining us. He is on Twitter at Seth on Hoops. A lot of fun there. ESPN, ESPN.com, and part of the College Game Day crew as well. You always make us laugh and bring joy to us, so I hope this question does not bring you down in any way. But in all seriousness, Coach, I think of you as a fun guy and a broadcaster and the Hokies coach. You know, that's how we got to know you a little bit originally. I also think of you as a dad who just loves his daughters. And I'm a dad, and I have a 17-year-old daughter. I don't know to what degree, if any, you knew Kobe Bryant personally, but when I think of dads joyful about their daughters, I, honestly, you're one of the people that I think of. And, and I was just so saddened by Kobe, of course, dies with one of his daughters but leaves three others behind. If it's not too personal, can you just share, you know, some of your thoughts along those lines, either about Kobe as a professional, as a person, or just about, you know, your reaction as a super dad to that horrible news last weekend? Well, thank you. So my brother was the GM of the Sixers when Kobe was coming out. Uh, and uh, he obviously, they interviewed him. They had him in for a workout. They ended up drafting Allen Iverson. Uh, but I remember talking to Brad after that workout, and he was just – blown away by the manner in which he carried himself. Now, Kobe the player is one thing. Kobe the person, Kobe the dad, after five NBA championships, MVPs, and, you know, in the manner in which he played, uh, that Mamba mentality, he had a Mamba mentality towards his children. Mm. And then the love that he expressed to his kids. And, you know, to me, basketball is what he did. But that's not who he was, because first and foremost, you, you know, you're a parent, and 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 that's something you've got to embrace because you're impacting the most important person, your own family. Uh, you know, just like I used to say, coaching is what I did, and I was very passionate about it. Yeah, I loved practice, I loved games, and people would look at me and say, "That dude is nutty," and look at that guy. <laughs> but but and, and and I was, and that, you know, I was very passionate. We had a fight for everything we got when it was at Virginia Tech, but. I can tell you, I mean, I would drive to Hampton, Virginia to go recruiting and, and make sure I left in time to get back to see my daughter's cheer or yeah. uh, a volleyball tournament or or whatever they were involved with because, to me, that was a really important responsibility. And, uh, you know, I, I took it I took it seriously. And, I you know, I, like I speak to my three daughters every single day, and I've done that probably for as long as I can remember. And uh, I think, you know, I, I tried to include them in, in what I did. Yeah. I took a different one to the Final Four every single year for 20-plus years. Cool. Uh, my older daughter, Paige, went on every single road trip with me her senior year of college. Uh, but those are the things, those shared experiences and things you remember. And that that's where, you know, when you see what happened in that tragedy, not just to Kobe and uh, Gianna, but yeah. to all the families impacted. Uh, my former manager actually knows the Alphabelli family, and uh, it just it it just saddens me and makes me sick because I can't imagine yeah. those moments uh, and sh you know being there with my daughter and just looking in face way you know nothing more than, as a parent nothing more than you want to protect your children 
And uh, it just, uh, it's with me. I, I, I had I literally had almost two sleepless nights uh, just thinking about that moment and thinking about my girls. So, yeah. uh, and I'm sure I, I'm not alone. We all got, got to that point because of that. I appreciate you sharing that, Coach. It does not surprise me that you were impacted that way. It's it's really been cool to see how you interact with your daughters. On to basketball and, uh, I guess, less serious matters. Um, are you a believer that when rivalry games happen, you know, fast-forwarding to your visit to Chapel Hill this weekend, you've heard the old saying many times, throw out the records. But the Tar Heels have the worst record in the ACC this year. Uh, the Blue Devils are, you know, in the hunt for a number one NCAA tournament seed. But the game is in Chapel Hill. But the Heels have Cole Anthony back. But the Heels at least scared Florida State for a while last night. What do you think? Throw out the records or not? Yeah, I think you throw out the records because you have you still have pieces. I mean, look, look. North Carolina is an offensive rebound to basketball. I mean, that's what they do. Uh, so, I mean, that's one thing where they can steal some easy baskets. It looks to me like they competed harder defensively. Now they've got to be, compete harder defensively for long periods of time. They're starting to turn people over a little bit better. Now, having said that, yeah, because this is this game stands on its own. This game is on an island. This game is separate from every other game. And I really do believe you throw out the records because they have enough good players. Leaky Black, I think, is getting better. Now, obviously, not having Brandon Robinson is, is an issue. Here's my deal. If North Carolina's going to win this game, I'm fired up to get into Chapel Hill. Yeah. I, I hope that the Carolina faithful come out and support the game day show because it's the game before the game. Uh, and I think it'll it'll be a lot of fun. It'll give them a chance to kind of step away from some things, put things in perspective, and then get excited about the game that night. But Cole Anthony's a tremendous talent. Cole Anthony needs to learn to play with others because he's got to understand those guys all got better when he was away had the great start to the to, to the season with the with the notre dame game but he's got to trust his teammates last night 17 misses and a bunch of them were just not good shots yeah. trying to do too much trying to make too many plays to the point where roy put the ball in leaky blast hands at the end of the game and got cole off the ball now look don't at me i'm not saying cole anthony's not a good player but he's got to be a winning player, and he's got to be a player that plays in the contest. When I think of Carolina basketball, I think of transition game, I think of passing, cutting, screening, changing side to side, then attacking. There were too many possessions that did, it didn't look like a North Carolina team. Cole's got to have greater trust in his teammates, give up a little bit of himself to try to make it easier for others. Instinctively, he's a scorer. Instinctively, He's looking to make plays for himself. He's got to instinctively, at least at some point, try to make the game easier for others. Seth Greenberg is joining us. Catch him Saturday. Remember, the tip between the Heels and the Devils is 6 p.m. on ESPN proper. Uh, but these guys basically have a party all day long, so get there early if you can. Uh, you know that the ACC has averaged eight NCAA tournament bids over the last four years. And we just have a weird narrative where it's only Louisville, Duke, and Florida State that we know will be in, in their cases, obviously, as very high seeds. If I gave you the choice, Coach, you, you know, UVA, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, your old school, NC State, or anybody else that's kind of in that middle of the pack, who would you have the most confidence in outside the big three at putting together an NCAA-worthy resume? Actually, we're going to talk about this on our wraps today uh, between games. 
you know, my gut feeling is when I look at the teams, I want to say NC State, veteran backcourt, Markel Johnson should be able to, down the stretch, play at a high level, get in the lane, get easy shots, distribute the basketball, be effective defensively, C.J. Bryce, play to your strengths, uh, slash, get to the rim, get to the free throw line. I think they've got a rim protector, Manny Bates. I think they've got a low post scorer, obviously, in Thunderbird. I think that, you know, the Helms can give them some shot making. Uh, Braxton Beverly can come off the bench and shoot it. So they've got to clean up what they're doing defensively. The ball screen defense hasn't been good. Defense intensity hasn't been good. If they can do that, I think they have the most pieces. Because if you look at Virginia, historically one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the ACC. They're turning the ball over at a ridiculous rate. And then on top of that, which is kind of an interesting thing, now I was impressed at the end of the Florida State game, their execution at the end of the game, they scored seven of the last eight possessions. Kia Clark was a little bit better. So, but I just, I don't, I just, you can't hold everyone to under 50. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. Syracuse, those three perimeter guys are really good. They got to get something from the front court. They got to rebound the ball on the defensive end a little bit better. And then Virginia Tech, I think they're just running out of gas. I think Mike's done an incredible job. Uh, really impressive on uh, the job he's done. Uh, I think what happens is when you've been through the league now, people kind of take away some of your stuff. You know, start the season, no one kind of knew exactly how Mike was going to play with this group. Now, scouting, what are you going to give? What are you going to take away? What spots do you guys want to catch the ball uh, at? I mean, all those things are, are, are that the amount of information you can collect to impact um, a game defensively now is so much greater. So, you know, I would say NC State is the most talented of the group teams left, uh, but they eventually they got to beat one of the top teams in the league. I mean, they had an opportunity at home the other day. They didn't take advantage of it. Uh, they've got to they've got to try to finish a game. And uh, you know, I'm interested. I got the Duke North Carolina State game out later on in cool. the uh, in the year. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're the most talented, uh, but they've got to play a whole lot better. His name is Seth Greenberg. He is a super dad, ESPN. He's also with College Game Day. Those guys will be here in Chapel Hill on Saturday, really all day, leading up to the 6 p.m. tip between the Devils and the Heels. Coach, thanks for the uh, personal and professional wisdom today. Always appreciate your time on the David Glenn Show. David, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. You got it. Michael Lee, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. We'll talk all NBA, including the trade deadline, which is about 48 hours away as we speak. 1-800-849-2761. More college basketball, little Hurricanes hockey, more successful sports marketing campaigns. I'm going to Disney World. We're back after this on The David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Hour number three will begin with a trivia question, meaning prizes for you for otherwise useless sports trivia information. More Super Bowl leftovers, including the size of the massive TV audience and related details. Successful sports marketing campaigns is a lingering question of the day. I'm going to Disney World and otherwise. More college hoops, of course. 
you can be a part of the conversation with your question or comment. A lot of questions about the Tar Heels. More positive comments about the Blue Devils. The Wolfpack falls somewhere in between. The Canes with DG contest. Grand prize is up for grabs. If you'd like to sit in my on-the-glass hockey seats at a Canes home game later this month, you'll want to tune in for some details on the other side. 1-800-849-2761. Michael Lee on the NBA in 30 minutes. More of your calls next. The great difference between sport and capital E Entertainment and capital S Sport is that we don't know the outcome. And that feeling of uncertainty, positively or negatively, is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to The David Glutton Show.